I started in November of 2008 as an intern pastor um, at New Philly. And then since that time, I've also been a full-time student at Torch Trinity, which is one of the, it's the only English seminary that's here in Korea. And I've just been serving here. And since I've been here, wow, my God has done amazing things. He's brought us to a bar here in Itaewon. Hallelujah. And so uh, I'm really honored to just give, to deliver the word this afternoon. So if you're ready to hear the word from the Lord today, I want you to hear, I want to hear you say, I'm ready. Now you got you ain't you ain't ready. I want to hear you say it. I want you to hear you say say if you're ready to hear the word from the Lord, I want you to just say I'm ready. Everyone say I'm ready. ready. You ready? Let me hear you say I'm ready. ready. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You ready? I'm ready. Alright, so open up your Bibles right now to the book of Job. 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 I could call it job. You guys call it job? Oh, not Joe, not Joe, not J O E. J-O-B, all right? So I want you all to open up to the book of Job. (laughs) The book of Job, chapter 5. And then we're going to read from verse, we're going to read one verse. Brian, if you go ahead and throw that up there. Verse 27. All right, so we're going to be reading from the ESV. All right, so if everyone's there. Let's all read it all together. Verse 27. One, two, three. Behold, this we have searched out. It is true. Hear and know it for your good. Okay, so I'm going to read it one more time from the ESV. Behold, this we have searched out. It is true. Hear and know it for your good. And actually in the Hebrew, even in the ESV, if you look in your footnotes, it says for yourself. So in the original language, it says, hear and know it for yourself. And so that's what I want to talk to you today about. I want to talk to you about knowing God, knowing the things of God for yourself. That you would search it out, that you would hear it, and that you would know it for your good. You would know it for yourself. All right? Because, see, we got to know these things for ourselves. So many of us in our Christian walk, we... We hear a lot of great things about God. Yeah, there it is right there. Google, search it out. You get it's real clever, everyone. All right, well, some of you guys feeling it. Anyways, yeah, the title of the message is Search It Out. Because so many Christians, they hear so many things about God. They hear you talk to them. Is God good? Yeah, yeah, I know God's good. Uh, is God? Does God love you? Yeah, yeah, I know God loves me. But... It's really, they haven't searched it out for themselves. They don't know it for themselves. And if you don't know it for yourself, you don't know it for your good. Get what I'm saying? If you don't know it for yourself, it isn't any good. I want to tell you one more thing about myself. When I preach, I love to hear a response. Because we in a bar, we in a bar, not a movie theater. And so if the Lord speaks to you or something, or you like what you hear, I want to hear you say amen. All right. Or you can, you don't even have to say amen. You can say, that's right. You can say, bring it. You can say, I like that. All right. You can say, talk to me. I listened to one podcast one time and this guy, Chris Valentin, he was preaching and you heard this guy in the background and all of a sudden he screams, he goes, talk to me. Like really loud. Like you can hear him in the podcast. And the preacher, he just kept going. And I bet he was so encouraged. So when you hear something and it blesses you, just say amen. It, it doesn't only bless me. It blesses you. It releases faith. 
it gets deeper in you as you say amen that it is so all right okay oh, yeah let's keep it let's keep it moving hallelujah that's what i like to hear that's what i like to hear so you got to know these things for yourself i've met so many christians who say that they know what this christian life is about but really they have not searched it out for themselves they don't know it for themselves they don't know it for their good and really what they're doing is they're just living off of what they've heard what their parents have told them what people around them have told them about god God loves you. I, I, I heard it. Uh, God, God has a plan for your life. Well, I've heard it. Well, do you know it for yourself? Have you searched it out? Is it really true in your life? Silence. Because they haven't searched it out. You know, so many of us want our Christianity to come to us like Domino's Pizza. They want us to come to us like it's delivery. You know, like I'll just sit and I'll just wait for God and God will come to me. And he'll do everything for me. And I ain't got to do anything. But see, God God wants you to search him. God wants you to search him out. He wants you to take steps of faith into him and into his, his nature, into his goodness, into his love, into his power. And then you would experience God and you would know him for yourself. See, in Proverbs 25, 2, it says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. And we are royalty in God. Amen. You are royalty. He sees you as royalty. You are a king and a queen. And so there's a glory for you to search it out in God when you search him out. In the book of Job, right here, this verse that we're reading from, Behold, this we have searched out. It is true. Hear and know it for your good. This is one of Job's friends talking to him after Job has lost everything. Right? Job has lost his family. He's lost his cattle. He's lost all his wealth. He's lost everything. And then his friend comes to him and he gives him this speech about what he thinks has happened to Job. About how Job... He's talking to Job about the things that Job has went through. And then at the very end, he starts talking. He talks to Job about about God's nature, about God wounds, but he also heals, that God delivers, that God protects. And then at the very end, he says something very peculiar to Job. He says, behold, Job, this we have searched out. Hear it and know it for your good. He tells, after he said all of these things to Job, he then tells Job to search it out. He then tells Job that although you hear what I'm saying, I don't want you to just simply hear it. I want you to search it out. I want you to do something about it. And then I want you to know it for yourself. And so and it, what you got to understand in the Bible is when the Bible talks about knowing something. When the Bible talks about knowing something, it's talking about a full knowledge of something. It's talking about in the Greek and in the Hebrew, that word that it uses for no, is, it's a full word. It means it doesn't mean just head knowledge. It means heart knowledge. And it also means knowledge unto an experience. It means that you would experience what they're talking about. You want me to switch mics real quick? You guys with me? You with me? Let me hear you say amen. Amen. 
ain't, ain't, no, ain't no stupid Mike going to put down this message, all right? The, the, the Lord has a word for you today. Hey, it's coming today. It's coming. You know what? Let, let me pray for us real quick. And then I'll keep it going. Let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you are good, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you want us to know you for ourselves, God. And Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that in everything, Lord God, that Father God, you are sovereign, Lord God, in everything, Lord God, you are working, Lord God. And that in everything, Father God, even here today, Lord God, at Itaewon and King Bar, Lord, you have a special word, Lord, that you want to, you want to deliver to the people in this place, Lord God. And so right now, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would open up every single heart, every single mind in this place by your Holy Spirit, that you would open it up right now in Jesus' name. I pray right now, Father God, that mindsets, that cages that have been upon our minds, Lord God, would be loosened off right now, God. And that, Father God, you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to conceive what you have prepared for us today. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the Lord wants you to know him. And in that same word, when he talks about knowing, when, when Eliphaz, when Job's friend talks to him and says, behold, hear this and know it for your good. That word in the original language, it's a full word. It doesn't mean just simply head knowledge. It doesn't mean simple belief. But it also means that you would know it, that you would experience it, that it would be something really full in your life, that you could even feel it. It's, an, it's a fullest, it's an experience of truth leading to an understanding. You can't just hear truth. You have, to, you have to experience truth. Did you know that? You can't just hear truth. You have to experience it. If not, then how do you know that it's true? How do you know that it's true for yourself? It's important for you to come to a true knowledge of God. It's important for you to search these things out so that you will know God, not just in your head, but in your heart, in your spirit, and even with your body. For many of us, that's really hard to think about. It's really hard to conceive, to know God in every single way possible. But that's what he wants. Jesus himself said in John 8, 32, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He said in John 17, 3, he said, this is eternal life. That they may know the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life comes from knowledge. It comes from knowing him. And that word know means exactly this in the original language. It means to perceive, observe, obtain a knowledge of or insight into, to know and be influenced by the personal relationship between the person knowing and the object known. To have a knowledge which produces some emotion or affection of the mind. It should bring about an emotion It should bring about an affection. It should be something that doesn't just come into your mind, but something that you feel with your body. It is a true knowledge, a full knowledge of something. See, God wants you to have an experience of him today. God wants you to experience him today. That he would touch you. He would touch you in a way that you would physically even feel him on you today. There's so many testimonies in the Bible where when the presence, the glory of God, when God shows up in a place, people fall. 
They physically fall to their knees. When Saul, when King Saul came into the place where the glory of God was, Saul shook. He fell down to his knees. He fell all the way down to the ground, shaking physically. He had an experience of God. If you look in the New Testament, when people encountered God, when they encountered Jesus, what usually happened? They were healed. They were set free. They had physical experiences. They had experiences. It wasn't just simple teaching. It wasn't just good teaching. But that teaching was coupled with experience. Why? So that they would know it for themselves. See, anything else than that is religion. It's the letter. And the letter kills. But the Spirit, the, when you have the, the Holy Spirit, when you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, when you have an encounter with God, it brings life. When you know Jesus Christ, not just simply in a head knowledge, not even in a saving knowledge, but a full knowledge where it even touches your body, that brings eternal life. That's what Jesus was talking about. And see, the Pharisees, they had a head knowledge, right? But they didn't know it for themselves. They didn't know about the power of God for themselves. They stood up and they preached about, they preached about things that, that they thought they knew, right? Things that they had read, things that they had heard, even things that they had read in their Bibles, but they had not known it for themselves. They had not searched it out for themselves. And therefore, when they prayed and when they stood up and they talked to people about God, Jesus said it was babbling. Jesus said it was useless. Why? Because they didn't know it for themselves. How many of us in our Christian walks, when we talk to people about Jesus, we don't see any power show up. We don't see anything happen. Why? Because we don't know it for ourselves. It's just head knowledge. And we wonder why people aren't convinced. But Jesus, see, in the word it says that signs and wonders shall accompany those who believe. There will be signs that will make you wonder. There will be things that will happen. Not just simple Not just that you would give a persuasive argument, but that there will be a power, a glory that would show up to give a full knowledge of God. See, when you come to a true knowledge, then you really know something, right? It's like mathematics, right? We all learned in in elementary school that two plus two equals four, right? Our teachers told us two plus two equals four, right? I hope for most of you guys, none of you guys are nodding your head, so I don't think so. But our teachers told us two plus two equals four. But I can, I can sit here and tell you two plus two equals four. I can give you that knowledge all day. But until you have like two bananas and two apples and you're trying to figure out how many fruits you have, you don't really know that two plus two equals four. But then you get them together, you count them up, and you're like, wow, two plus two equals four. I guess it's right. You came, it sounds real funny, right? But you actually came to an experience that two plus two equals four. With the fruit. It's like if you're talking to someone and, and, and you ask them, you know, I've never been to Africa before, right? And so I, say I, I talk to someone, I'm like, tell me about the African safari. I want to hear about the safari. Tell me about it. And they're like, you know, it's hot. It's got trees. There's lions. There's, there's buffalo, wildebeest. I don't know what's there. But, you know, like if people come to you and they... You know, they could tell you, could, you could ask someone about the African safari and they could tell you that there's polar bears there. They could tell you it's cold. They could tell you there's ice everywhere, right? And see, 
but unless you really go and you get on a plane and you go to the African safari, you don't really know for sure. You don't really know for sure. You put your trust in the pictures you see on the Internet. You put your trust in the things that you see, but you don't really know for sure. You don't really know it for yourself. You don't really have that experience of it until you get off the plane and heat hits you and you're like, oh, wow, I guess it is hot. You get what I'm trying to say? You got to have an experience of it. You got to search it out for yourself. You got to get on the plane, actually fly to Africa, go to the safari, search it out for you, and then get there and then look around, have that experience of it. And then, you know, hey, the safari is pretty high. Oh, there's a line right there. Oh, I guess they were right. See, we, I'm not saying you can't ride on other people's knowledge. And I'm not saying that you have to distrust everything you read on the news and everything you read in like an encyclopedia because you haven't experienced it for yourself. But when it, when it pertains to something as important as life, eternal life, don't you think you'd need to search it out and get a knowledge of it for yourself? Don't you think that when it, when it has to do with your God, the one that we spend all this time singing to and praising that we declare that we're living our lives for. Don't you think that we should search it out and hunger for a true experience of him? Yes. See, Jesus said eternal life comes from knowing God, from knowing him. From knowing him in a way that brings about emotion, that brings about affection, that brings about even a physical touch when jesus was resurrected and he the you know mary magdalene the the women they went to the disciples and they told them jesus is resurrected they didn't believe them it was only until they saw jesus for themselves they touched him they felt him they knew he was there they had that experience of jesus for themselves you got to search the lord out and you got to hear him and know him for yourself so I'm going to tell you three ways. I'm going to take, give you three areas in which you need to start searching out the Lord so that you will hear him and know him for your good. And the first way, the first area is in the goodness of God. You got to search the Lord out in his goodness. You got to search the Lord out and know God is good. God is good. All the time, right? And all the time. We know that, right? Every, you talk to people, God is good. Amen. 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 God is good. Yeah, God is good. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And you ask people, do you know if God is good? Yeah, yeah, I know it. I know God is good. I've heard about it. I've been told about it. But like I said, that word doesn't mean to simply hear. It's good to hear. But if that hearing is not coupled with a true knowledge and experience of God's goodness, it's worthless. So you got to search him out to find out if God is good. And this is how you have to search him out. You have to choose to believe in the goodness of God. I want to share with you a testimony real quick of a guy named Sean King. He's a pastor of a church in Atlanta called Courageous Church. And this guy, he was in his car with his, with his wife. And they were driving down in Kentucky one night. And it was raining. And they and they they hit a, a wet patch. They hydroplaned and they hit a transfer truck head on, right? Miraculously, like they had to cut him out of the car. They had to cut him and his wife out of the car. 
and they pulled they pulled Sean King. They pulled him to the hospital. They got him there, and he was all messed up. His his face they had to completely restructure his face. He couldn't talk. His entire body they had to almost rebuild. That's what they that's what they were saying. They were saying that he was completely crushed. His face was crushed in. They're going to have to give him a new face. But for somehow, he was able to like murmur out just a couple words. And what he did is he murmured out, I choose to believe in the goodness of God. And so what, what, his, what his family did is they wrote that down on a piece of paper and they, they stapled it on his, they stamped it on his chest. They taped it to his chest the entire time he was in the hospital. And all he could do, he could only move one arm. And so the entire time, all he did was point to that. I choose to believe in the goodness of God. I choose to believe in the goodness of God. I choose to believe in the goodness of God. Every single test, every single surgery, everything he went through, he would just point to it. And then one day, the doctors, like when they, when they brought him into, when they brought him into his first surgery, actually, they noticed something very peculiar about him. They had done all the x-rays, they had done all the tests. And he had been pointing to this, I choose to believe in the goodness of God. And then they, they went in to do surgery, and what they, ended up finding out was that no bone in his body was broken. His face, there was nothing broken in his face. He chose to believe in the goodness of God. Some of you are thinking that choosing to believe in this is the same thing as knowing that God is good, but it's not the same. See, a lot of people believe that God is good, but they don't know that God is good. But knowing that God is good means that you choose to believe that God is good. You get what I'm trying? You, I'm going to explain it. I'm going to explain it for you. See, belief is about setting your mind to think about something that can happen. But faith is about knowing that it happens. Faith is about setting your mind to believe that it will happen, that it always happens. Knowing is taking a step into an experience of that belief. It means you search it out. It means that whatever your circumstances are, it means whatever you go through, whatever happens in your life, you choose to believe that God is good. And it doesn't mean that you just simply have a mindset that you believe that God is good, but that you actually physically begin to arrange things. You begin to plan and expect the goodness of God to step in. If you're broke and you don't have any money, all you've got is like $2. You, you expect, you know how you expect and choose to believe in the goodness of God? That Sunday you tithe. You just give it away. I'll give you a testimony. When I was here in Korea as an exchange student, all I had was 20 bucks one Sunday. And I was sitting, in some, I was sitting there completely broke and then the offering time came around. And I started feeling like mad guilty because I had not given like any tithe or offering or anything. Right? And so like, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But then all of a sudden I felt the Lord was like, You know what? Choose to believe in my goodness. You know, search me out on this. Try me on this and see that I am good. Try me on this, Marcus. Try me and see that I am good. And I was like, you know what? Okay. All right. So I I put it in the offering basket. And now I'm like, all right, Lord, you got to show up. Because I'm broke. I don't have any money. I'm not even going to eat today. I had not told anyone about my lack. And then you know what happened? After service that day, I see my mentor, and he tells me, he says, come here for a second. I'm like, okay, am I in trouble? Like, what did I do, you know? And uh, 
and Christian, Christian's my mentor. He tells me to come, he come to him and I walk up to him and he's like, uh, dude, this is kind of weird, but somebody just walked up to me and handed me this envelope with your name on it. And he hands it to me and I look at it and I open it up and it's, it's like 80,000 won. And I start crying. Like I just start bawling right there. I'm, <laughs> it's cause you know what it was, but there was an experience of God's goodness in that moment. Like Nahum 1.7 says, the Lord is good. He is a refuge. He is your stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust in him. When you trust in the Lord, when you take steps of faith, when you get out of the boat and actually step onto the water, not just stand in the boat and say, oh, I believe that I could walk on water. But you actually step out of the boat. You get on the water, trusting that God is good, that he will uphold you in everything. You will see God's goodness show up because God is good. He wants you to search him out in that and know it for yourself. Even this testimony, me sharing that with you, isn't for you to just be like, wow, that's pretty cool. (laughs) No, it's for, it's for if you're going through something right now, for you to view your trial as an invitation for God's goodness to show up. Say you're working at your hagwan and your hagwan's not paying you. I know a lot of people that work at hagwans have that situation. You believe in God's goodness. You, you take steps of faith. You keep working at that hog one. You don't just keep working there. You work there with a smile on your face. You bless everyone there. You do it to the utmost degree. A lot of times when you're not getting paid, you don't want to work anymore. But you believe that God's goodness is going to show up. And then what happens is when you believe that God's goodness shows up, and you begin to take actions that support that belief, it brings life into your faith. And then when you have faith, it pleases God. And see, when you please God, what it also does is it unlocks favor. It unlocks favor into your circumstances. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So when you believe in God and you you search God out in that area, you search him out in the goodness of God. You'll see God's goodness and power released into your life in that area. But he wants you to search him out. He wants you to know it for yourself. When you search him out, it means you take action and you begin to organize things. Because simply believing in something without acting on it is dead. It's dead faith. So many Christians, we stand and we declare that we have faith, but we don't take any actions. We don't do anything in our lives that require for God to show up. Do you do anything that requires for God's goodness to come in? Are we stepping out of the boat requiring that God would be the person to uphold us on the water? <clears throat> See, God loves us, but he doesn't want you to just have a head knowledge that he loves you, but he wants you to have a deep experience of that love. He wants to touch you in every area of your life. He wants to touch your family. When your family may be putting you down, maybe saying that, you know, why do you want to be a missionary? You know, missionaries are broke. Missionaries don't do anything. Why would you want to be a missionary? Why do you want to go for broke for God? No, you go, you go and you go be a missionary. And then you see, you watch and you see God show up in that area. 
you watching, you don't even see God just show up in providing for you to be a missionary where your families cut you off, but you also see where God comes in and he changes the heart of your family. He brings them around to bless your situation, to bless you even more. You know, it's hard for many of us to believe in the goodness of God. Many of us, we live our Christian lives believing God is mad at us, that he's sad, that he's just so pent up with us. Like, you know, every time we sin, God's like, man, you sinned again. Man, that means I'm just going to withhold something from you. Man, you, you, you did that again? We believe that God is mostly sad, mostly mad at us. But that's not God. Religion wants you to believe that, but that's not God. God is, he's rich in love. He is abounding in mercy. His mercy is steadfast. That means it doesn't change. That means no matter what the circumstances, he is always going to be good. And he always wants to prove that goodness to you. But he, he's inviting you to search him out. A second, a second thing that you got to search for is you got to be searching God out for his power. We're a church that believes in God's power. We don't believe in a powerless Christianity. We believe that God seeks to show his power to each one of us and that he's empowered us to bring that power to other places. <clears throat> and he wants you to search him out in that area. And he wants you to search him out in the fact that he is a vindicating God. Now I'll explain what that means. Isaiah fifty four seventeen says, No weapon that is forged against you shall prosper. You shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. The Lord says in his word that vindication is from him. So when he tells us that no weapon forged against you shall prosper, he is giving us an invitation to overcome everything because he is our vindicator. He is giving us an invitation to step into all of our situations with a victorious mindset, taking victorious steps. Because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, amen? And that every place, every place that we put the sole of our feet will be given unto us. He says that in his word. He says that we will, he's given us the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and that nothing shall harm us. But why can we believe that? Why can we search God out in this area? It's because God is a vindicating God. Because we are in the Lord and we are his people, his children. We experience vindicating power in our lives. And it's a power that should empower us to do everything that we do. So many Christians are in bondage to, um, to, um, to unforgiveness. And it's because they don't believe that God is a, a right in God. He doesn't believe that God is a vindicating God. They don't believe that God's power can show up in our lives to vindicate everything that the enemy has done to us. Like when like, here's an example. In, in my life, I, I grew up in a, an abusive household. And so for the first 15 years of my life, my stepdad, he was, he was very abusive to myself and to my mother. And then when I, got, when I got to about 15 years old, when I got to about 15, 16 years old, I was filled with so much bitterness. I was filled with so much unforgiveness. I wanted him to pay. I wanted everything to happen to him. I wanted to do, you know, like... I wanted just the worst things to come upon him. But when I became a Christian, the first thing that the Lord, the first thing that the Lord said to me was forgive. 
He wanted me to search him out. He said, Marcus, try me. Search me out in this area. And you'll see that my power works in every area of your life. Search me out in this area where people have wronged you. And you will see my vindicating power in your life. And so when I took that step to forgive. The Lord's power stepped in. And the Lord was truly my vindicator. If I look back now and I look at my stepdad, I'm not filled with anger. I'm not filled with, I'm not filled with bitterness. I'm not filled with unforgiveness. I'm filled with pity. I'm filled with, with feelings of mercy for him. I pray to God that God would show him mercy. That God would show him grace. That God would deliver him from his bondage. That God would deliver him from the things that have attacked him. God wants you to experience that vindicating power in your life. Where you've, hold on, where you've held on to things where people have wronged you over the years. He wants you to search him out in that and give it to him so you can really experience his power. But not just that. Not just the power to vindicate. But also the power to vindicate every wrong that the enemy has done into your life. Where, where he's afflicted you with illness. Where he's afflicted you with poverty. Where he's afflicted you with oppression. God is a vindicating God. He wants to right every single wrong that the enemy has brought into your life. Illness is not from God. It is the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. And so what he wants you to do is he wants you to search him in that area. He wants you to pray. He wants you to fast. He wants you to commit yourself to believing in that and taking those steps of faith. There's this woman named Shelly Hunley at, at IHOP. And she had this, like, I believe it was like an autoimmune disease. And when she went to the doctor, the doctor told her that she would never be able to travel. She would never be able to travel on mission trips. She would never be able to go out and, and to do, do any kind of ministry whatsoever. But, you know, she believed in the vindicating power of the Lord. She was committed to searching out the vindicating power of the Lord. So she continued to pray. She continued to seek the Lord for it. And when she did that, the Lord came in with his vindicating power. He righted that wrong that was in her life and he healed her completely. And now she goes on, she goes on mission trips all the time. And every time before she goes to her trip, she actually goes and visits her doctor and says, you see, you see, this is the God that I serve. This is the God that loves me. This is the God that I know for myself. How many of you want to experience the healing, vindicating power of God for yourself? How many of you want to experience it for your family members? Where you've got your family members who are, who are struggling, that have cancer. That you've got your family members that are struggling, that are in bondage to unforgiveness and bitterness. You've got where you yourself may be in bondage to poverty. Oh, poverty. Uh, oh, that, that, no, we, we accept poverty as being from the Lord. No, he says... He says that he, no good thing will he withhold from he his walk is blameless. He says that he will provide for all your needs according to his riches and glory. See, the Lord is committed to vindicating every wrong that is in your life. But he wants you to search him out and know it for yourself. And the third way. The third way that the Lord wants, the third area that the Lord wants you to search him out is in his love. He wants you to search him out in his love. When you come, when you experience God's love, 
not just in a head knowledge way, not just in a, oh, I believe that Jesus died for me, but that he knows your name, that he knows your name, that he is orchestrating every circumstance of your life. When you come to that knowledge of it for yourself, it releases you into a deeper intimacy with the Lord. It releases you into a joyful Christian life. It releases you into an overcoming Christian life. The Lord wants you to search him out in his love, where you would spend that time with him, where you would you would come to him and you would say, Lord, I long to be with you. Lord, I my heart faints, yes, longs to be in your presence. David was a man who was committed to searching out the Lord for his love and for his presence to experience him. He said, one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I will seek. That I may dwell in the house of my Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon his beauty. And to seek him. Inquire of him in his temple. That I would have a relationship with the Lord. That I would be able to have that, that one-on-one. That fellowship. That, that deep intimacy and love. That I am my beloved's. And he is mine. But he wants you to search him out in that area. We're all committed to searching out for people for, for marriage. You know. Like, you know, there's, you got eHarmony, you got like all these like online dating sites, you got like everything, you know, like people are committed to searching out for their mate. They're, they're committed to searching out for someone for love on this earth. You know, they're searching, they're searching high and low, you know, they're looking near and far for someone. But see, the Lord wants you to search him out for his love. You know, the Lord, he, he, he searches His eyes go to and fro on the earth, looking for a heart that is committed to him. Looking for people who are in love with him. Looking for people whose whose hearts, whose whose very bodies are are turned towards him in a way that want to search him out. That want to spend all of that time, all of their moments, every single moment of their life with him. In a... In a full knowledge. Not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. But even a physical knowledge of God. Where you feel his love over you. God wants you to search him out. He wants you to search him out for his goodness. He wants you to search him out for his power. And he wants you to search him out for his love. So that you wouldn't just hear it, but you would know it. For your good. So what I want us to do right now. I want us all to just close our eyes. I want us all to close our eyes right now. And and Brian's going to begin to, to play. And I believe that in this place right now. That the Lord is wanting to. Release revelation unto the knowledge of him. That he's wanting to give each one of you an encounter unto him. To show you that he he is good. That he is he is powerful. His power is directed towards you. And that his love for you has never failed. That he knows you by your name. And so what I want us to do right now is I want us all to just close our eyes. I want us to all just open up our hands in a position to receive 
want us to do right now is I want us to just, I want us to call out to the Lord right now. I want us to call out to the Lord. His word says, call to me and I will show you deep and unsearchable things you do not know. And I want you, if you've never had an encounter with the Lord, if you've never even experienced him in a way that is, that has been real, that hasn't been just simply book knowledge, but it's been real. I want you to begin to ask him for it. Because in each one of our hearts is a longing, is a desire to encounter God. God has made us that way. That in each one of our hearts, in each one of us, is a desire to experience Him. To experience His goodness. So I want us right now, I want us to just begin to call out to the Lord. To search Him out right now. I want us to just call out to Him for an encounter. To experience Him in this place.
open up yourself to love again. It just feels like that the heart is just being broken. And you just you want to just make your way on back, but it feels so hard. Because your heart's been broken. Oh, but the Lord, He says, I am yours and you are mine. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Lord God, where people have been pressed down, Lord God. Lord God, where there have been, Lord God, people, Lord, who have had cages, Lord, over their minds, Lord. And it's prevented them from encountering you, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that right now you're drawing near to each and every person that's standing up, Lord, to each and every person that is searching you out in faith right now, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are encountering them right now, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, we say hallelujah, Lord, that you are a God who searches, Father God, for us as well, Lord God. That, Lord, as we draw near to you, Lord, you draw near to us, God. That we would know you, Lord, for ourselves, Lord. That we would know that you are our God. That this is eternal life. That we would know the one true God. And we would know Jesus, his only son. That we would know you, Jesus.
love us, because you love us, because you love us. You're so good to us, Father. You're so good to us, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would just empower each one of us, Lord, to just continue to search you out, Lord. Lord, you are unsearchable. And that means, Lord, there's no limits to you, God. That we can step into your presence, Lord, and there is no lack. There is no lack, Lord, God. We can just come to you, Lord, and there is never a limit. Your well never runs dry, Lord, God. So, Lord, you invite us to keep searching you out, Lord. 